You're listening to Beyond the Melody, a podcast that dives into the midst of musicians, artists, comedians, writers, and pretty much anyone who craves to be creative. My name is Brian Mello, and I'm a singer-songwriter from Hamilton, Ontario. I know how unforgiving an artist's journey can be, but I also know that inspiration can come from just about anywhere. I'm sitting down with people who know how to dream big. Let's explore their impact and how it's even bigger. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Beyond the Melody. On today's podcast, we have one-third of Juno Award-winning vocal trio, The Good Lovelies. This singer-songwriter just released her first solo album a few months ago called Everything at the Same Time, and her storytelling, beautiful songwriting, and amazing voice will definitely take your breath away. I am talking about Caroline Marie Brooks. Caroline, what is up? Hi. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much for uh, for being a part of this. Um I was just telling you right before we started, I took the drive from Hamilton to Toronto and I put on the album. I was listening to it here and there, but I wanted, I I don't know about you, but I love to kind of like drive and really sort of take it all in. That's where I love listening to my music. And uh, I listened to it almost like two times over. And like I said to you off air, it sort of reminded me of like uh, early morning coffee, just like warm for the soul. Just, you made me very calm. You have such a calming voice. I think mm-hmm. you alone could take care of all this anxiety that we all have. <laughs> <laughs> Can it take care of mine? <laughs> nope. <I'm sorry. laughs> but, uh, but it's such a beautifully written album. Um, why did this feel like the right time to, uh, to put something of your, your own out? Well, I'm glad you said that because I did write a lot of the songs in the morning. Um, There's even a lyric in one of the tunes where it's like, I'm waking up and my kids are downstairs with the TV on. It's like actually just literally describing my setting of writing songs where, um, you know, you take the moments you can. And for me, that's usually when the kids are watching TV. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I, uh, there's a lot of reasons why this album came out at this specific time. Um, You mentioned that I'm one third of the Good Lovelies and yeah. that's been like my full-time thing, like full, full-time thing for almost 15 years. Yeah. So, uh, it's been, it's been a lot and I've always wanted to explore, um, songwriting and production of a record from a more, uh, introspective kind of like, uh, quiet, uh, personal space. So when, you know, everything changed, um, we, we couldn't be together. And then all of a sudden I had this kind of space to explore, um, yeah, just a different process for myself. And I like to joke a little bit that, you know, I mentioned I have kids that I made a record kind of like to give myself personal space (laughs) because (laughs) I went from like having space to myself on the road, you know, or, or work, you know, as musicians, as working musicians, how we make our living is going on the road. So I was like, not crazy on the road, but I always knew there was this time I would have to myself and all of a sudden that was gone. So making this record, um, allowed me to get some space from my family kind of when I needed it the most. Ironically, most of the songs are about them. So (laughs) (laughs) there's definitely a push and pull there. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's awesome. And you're actually hitting the road tomorrow. Yeah. 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 How how do you feel with all that? I mean, is, is it kind of, I I know us as musicians, it's a love hate sometimes, especially being a mother and being a wife. Like like how, how are you feeling about to head out again? 
Yeah. I mean, uh, there's a lot coming up. I, I kind of feel like we've been sort of flirting with touring over the last year and a half, you know, when it was safe, we lost a bunch of dates yeah. as everybody did and then tried to do a Christmas tour this past year. And it went well at first, but you know, it just, we lost the rest of the dates because of everything. And so I have this mix of like, super excitement. Like I really, I practiced with the band yesterday. This is my first ever solo tour. So I've never, I've never done this completely on my own. Um, but so I'm so excited, but I'm also just like a little reserved, you know, like we don't know how always how things will go right now. And I just sort of feel like that's kind of, we live in this perpetual state of unknowing that I'm trying to like, not, not, allow into like anxiety world and just sort of pushing it towards excitement, you know? Yeah. And try and stay present. Yeah. 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 I know. I I was mentioning to a friend of mine on another pod, like the people that I look up to the most that really sort of kind of been uh, mentors of mine Mm. in say in sports or in music, they always seem to have this even keel Mm. kind of, they don't get too high when it's really great. They don't get too low when it's really bad. And Mm -hmm. I think that's a great place to be. Yeah. Sort of in the middle. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it's, you probably feel this way too, is like, it's almost a little bit like that on stage too, is if you're in totally in the euphoria of performance and the joy of like, it can sweep you away. So you kind of have to like, live on stage, be present on stage, but yeah. not let it take you away too much so that you lose it. Oh, I don't yeah. know if that resonates with you, uh, but it's something I feel you, very deeply. You sparked a memory of mine when I was on the show. Uh, no one knows this. And if you actually saw the footage, you would think that I was completely fine, mm-hmm. but I was ready to have a meltdown on live TV. And I, it was queen week. Oh God. And, and, and we, <laughs> so, and I was the first to sing, oh, right? Gosh. And there was a moment, I don't know how your, how your body or your chemistry reacts to stress, but for some reason, my hands can like go numb sometimes. Mm. It was crazy. So I, I was singing and it was sort of like this little like musical interlude right before I go into the back half of the second verse. And I forget the lyrics and I, I, I looked down and in a second, it was probably two seconds, I swear, but it felt like two minutes. I felt my whole body just fall asleep. Oh, I know that feeling. Right? Oh, it's the worst. So I know it's the worst. So I remember just telling myself, you got to sing something. Yeah. Right? So I just went to the mic and thank God somebody was watching over yeah. me and it just, it just came out. Yeah. But that was me getting swept away in, in a bit of a moment, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and then that was the last time that happened to me. But it's, it's scary how that, that can sort of how quickly you can get swept away. Yeah. I feel pretty lucky because most of my performance life has been on stage with Carrie and Sue from the good lovelies. And we have this real, like it's three part harmony. We all write. We're all sort of lead women. Mm -hmm. Like there's no leader quote leader in the, in the band. We all fulfill different roles, but my, my stress reactor on stage is tears. So I often will just feel myself welling up if I let myself be overcome by the emotion. This is anyone who's seen me play has probably seen this happen, (laughs) but I've always been able to rely on Carrie and Sue who know the lyrics to the song and I'll just sort of look at them and they can take over or, and I can find my way back when I move through it. So it's really interesting to be heading into this solo tour. And I've been thinking a lot about that 
part of performance. And I'm I'm joking, but not joking. I'm gonna have a cry jar on stage to charge myself oh, every that's time <laughs> I start losing it. <laughs> yeah. Especially the first couple of shows, oh, I can imagine, right? Well, and then you have family in the audience and then everything changes. I love playing for strangers because I feel so free. But as yeah. soon as I have people I love in the audience, I'm like, oh God. <laughs> You're right. You're right. That some people like I don't know if you're the same, but sometimes I just get more nervous if there's people that I know that are mm-hmm. there. And you would think they know you, you should feel more comfortable. And they're in your court. Like they want you to do well. I know. It's such a strange thing. It is. Because maybe part of it is, you know, I'll never see this person again. So, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? So you can go ahead and judge me, but I might see you tomorrow yeah. during dinner. And, <laughs> and if I shit the bed, then, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I... Me being in a vocal trio for a little bit too, I, I remember too, like if my voice wasn't feeling great or whatever, mm. there was this feeling of I have a bit of a safety net because mm-hmm. they were great singers as well. And I can just kind of like yeah. back off a little bit and they have, they're there for me. Now the safety net is gone. I'm not trying to freak you no, out. I know. <laughs> but now, you're, I know. I've done a lot of this thinking, so. <laughs> yeah, but you're, you're out there. So, I mean, at the same time, uh, it, it, it must be so exciting, especially these songs being so, so personal. Um, you're such an incredible storyteller and you have a beautiful storyteller voice. Oh, thank you. Um, has that always been the case to show like, has it been easy for you to show that type of vulnerability in your songs? That's a great question. I mean, I feel like I'm hitting my stride. I was yeah. thinking about this. I'm currently writing for a new record and, um, a, a new good lovelies record. And, I feel like I'm just starting to crack my best songs, which is a great feeling. Yeah. I mean, I part of this record experience was a gift to myself. I turned 40 last summer and um, leading up to it, I wanted to mark as a I know it felt really different than turning 30 or turning 20, like 40 felt really different to me in a great way. Like I wouldn't trade being 40 for 22, except for the knee, my knees maybe, (laughs) (laughs) but, but the experience that comes from going through, going through like different life experiences and, you know, the ups and downs of just life. Like, I feel like I'm starting to be able to tap into that vulnerable piece. Um, I feel like writing very honestly has been part of what I've done always. Mm. I do struggle sometimes with the the writing, you know, that on topic writing, you know, you get into a room sure. and you're writing with people and sometimes you're like, let's, let's look at this theme. I do find that challenging and in a good way. Like I like trying it, but for me, the place that I can go and be vulnerable and write about things that even make me uncomfortable like that is very um fulfilling yeah and and uncomfortable but in a way that i feel like i have to do yeah does does it feel is it do you write in a sense where maybe some emotions in the last couple of days are bubbling up and you're like mm-hmm. okay i got to get this off my chest or does a song sort of guide you through through that process a bit of both yeah. for sure. Some songs are what I call musical gifts where they just yeah. come out. Like I wrote this one song called I Can't Always Be There on the record. Yeah, I love that song. Thanks. Yeah. And it's really, I wrote it 
I dropped my son off at school and this thing happened, which you hear about in the song where I was dropping him off and he really the didn't teacher, want it. The teacher right? who was this amazing teacher and she was trying to welcome him in and be sweet. And, and I could see, and he just started crying. Like he couldn't, and I couldn't do anything except sort of push him into the class. And I was so upset because this is the first time I'm sending my boy to school. Um, my little boy. Right. And so that song came almost like if I listen to the first voice memo of I just came home and I started writing it and I would say like 70% of those lyrics live in the song as it is. And those yeah. are gifts. Like that is true, like to me channeling. And yeah. when those things happen, it's just like a miracle, you know, right. you're like, what just happened? And, um, uh, so yeah, there's, there's that kind of songwriting. And then there's the songwriting where you're just like, you know what you want to say, but you're just, it takes a lot longer. I don't know yeah. that's the same for you, but I got a couple songs on this upcoming record that I love where they're going, but I'm really, it's gonna, I'm still trying to crack the lyrics on it. That's yeah. the hardest part to me is lyrics. Yeah. And you basically write on your own for this, right? You don't do a lot of co-writing, do you? I this, mean, obviously with the good lovelies, but. Yeah. This record has one, yeah, one co-write. So they're all very, very much like <laughs> written in my own personal space. So. Yeah. 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 Did you do a lot of journaling or, or, uh, anything like that, that kind of helped pull into these songs too? Yeah. So for this series of songs, um, for the first time ever, and this is directly related to the pandemic as home with my two kids who are doing virtual school. My husband was working. Yeah. It was really hard because I was kind of resentful of him being able to do his job. You know, he's like, Oh, we're in a pandemic. So I'm just going to set up shop in the living room and do all my work on and, and, you know, still have the same income. And, and it was amazing. Thank God we had that sure. because it allowed us, uh, to be okay. But I was feeling a lot and I was feeling like I had no personal space and I was managing two kids virtual school. So I started getting up early, like 6am early, which is not early for a lot of parents, Musicians. but for me, <laughs> for me, it was early. And, uh, I started getting up in the dark in the winter and all of a sudden I had about two hours to myself. Mm. And that was something happened in that time where I was journaling like mad, but what it meant was whatever I was leaving on the page gave me space later for songwriting. And I, I know for a fact, many of the songs on this coming on that record that came out in September are, are directly related to that act of getting up super early before the kids. And I've talked to a lot of creatives who do that, who spend the time in the morning first yeah. thing before they've digested the day and they just spill their guts on the page. And it seems to be, it works for a lot of people. Have you read a book called The Artist's Way? I've read parts of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I haven't fully read it, but I know that's part of, that's one of the things they talk Me about. Me too. I didn't read it all, but I did take away the morning pages mm -hmm. from that because I, I was feeling kind of um, creatively empty for a bit uh, years ago. And uh, and to help get me through that that process uh, was the artist pages. And that, the beautiful thing about that, maybe a little bit different than journaling, where you might go back to the journal and reflect mm -hmm. on what you said. Mm -hmm. This was just let the pen move. Mm -hmm. Just whatever comes out, even if you repeat yourself, it doesn't matter. It, the whole point is writing yeah. and let the pen move and then don't look at it at all. So just leave it behind, just leave it behind and yeah. let it go. And that, that did help me for a bit. I fell, fell off that habit, but, but that did help me for, it served its purpose for when I needed it most. Yeah. And it's, it's just, I think it's catching those waves, 
you know, and finally you catch a bit of a wave and and then you're sort of back at it. Right. But I think more than anything, it might've just been trapped energy of hundred percent. Right. Yeah. So I, I, I think it wasn't that I was creatively blocked or anything. It was just, I was creating these barriers within myself. And then finally, once I started to let that pen move, I was able to get over that hump and get creative again. Right. Yeah. Well, some of my favorite songwriters will say, I'll write 10 crappy songs before I write a good one. And I have to remember that because, uh, you know, I, I find sometimes that I'll start a song and I'll love aspects of it. But what I don't do is I'll just leave it instead of finishing it, you know? And, and if I just finished it and let it go, it's a better act to do that than to just leave this unfinished song because you're self-censoring, you know? So that's, that's really cool that you said the unblocking thing. I think that's like, as creatives, that is a really hard thing to overcome because we get like, sometimes we get caught up with the idea of who will see this or who will hear this rather than just being like, that was something that I found liberating about writing these songs is I stopped thinking about my audience And I was like, this is for me. I'm giving myself a 40th birthday present. I'm going to do this record. And I'm, it's for me. I'm writing these songs for me. And that was a, I'm, I don't think I'll ever go back from that. Exactly. I mean, I relate to that. And that's, that's partly why I moved back home as Mm. well too, is I got back to sitting on my bed with my guitar, mm. like you said before, what's the subject? What's this? What's that? And, and you know, you can really fall into yeah, that. Where's tra- the bridge? Where's, oh, so it's a pre-chorus sound like that yeah, kind of stuff. Does which, it fit this genre? Does yeah. it fit that? You know, and uh, I just wanted to get away from all of that as well too. I'm hitting 40 in, in August <gasps> this year. So I'm joining the 40 club really soon. <laughs> and, uh, and, and as I get older, I want to be more authentic. I want to be more organic. I, I want to get back to why I love why I fell in love with songwriting in the first place, yeah. you know, and, and it's that, you know, no, not, I think you mentioned it before about like, not like writing without a destination, you know, and, yes. and that's, uh, that's incredibly key. And, and I, I think listeners aren't stupid. I think they feel that they truly feel that emotions. And I think we have to give people have to give listeners more credit, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that's some of the frustrating things in like mainstream radio for me as well too. Cause it's just like, it's the same sonics, it's the same subjects, it's yeah. the same sound. And yeah. it's like, I know that the, the overwhelming public don't want just that. No. You know, it's, it's about sharing your stories and, and, and being real, especially yeah. where there's so many veneers now yeah. in, in everything that we do. Right. Yeah. So I'm just, I, I just hope we can get back to that more and more. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's like, it, it's a challenge as a musician because I think there's room for both. Sure. But like, I've been talking to my kids a lot. My kids are nine and six and we talk a lot about um, uh, song structure in the car. And I, I listen to a lot more top 40, like pop radio than I ever expected I really? would because- yeah. Well, I will just put like, um, I will put iTunes on and then put out like family road trip playlist and <laughs> yeah. then we'll listen and it'll be all like Dua Lipa and like, oh geez, like, um, BTS and yeah. Coldplay and, and, and we talk a lot about like song structure and we watch the time and we're like, when is the beat going to drop? And the kids are like, it's coming now, <laughs> or this is called a bridge. And that kind of stuff is fascinating to me because for the sure. formula works for that thing. Exactly. And I like, of course, I would love to write a song like Levitating by Dua Lipa. No question. I would love that. But but it's also like, it's a thing. It's a specific thing. And, um, and I, 
there's room for both. And I'm just getting to a point in my life where I, I like the authentic thing because I feel like the tunes that I am writing or contributing, I just want them to feel real. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like you said, I think there's room for both. I guess with me, I guess where my frustration is, is just not hearing it all on, on on the radio. I love Dula Lipa. I love Coldplay. Yeah. I went to a Coldplay concert, man. That was like one of the most inspiring concerts ever. It was was unbelievable. (laughs) I love them. Um, but, uh, but being able to share some of this, especially singer songwriter stuff, you know, being able to share all these beautiful other genres, you know, it's, but it is what it is. I mean, it's, it's, you have to go with the times and, and it's a playlist world now. And, and, uh, but yeah, it's just, it's, yeah, it's really, I hope I'm not getting off topic here, but just going down this stream. No, no, it's all good. Yeah. I've been listening to this woman named Madison Cunningham, who's this amazing artist, um, from LA. And she's a crazy guitar player and beautiful singer. And she does a cover of um, Frank Lloyd Wright, the song by Simon and Garfunkel. Oh, so okay. long, Frank Lloyd Wright. And I was thinking about it. I'm like, this used to be on the radio, <laughs> like right? this type yeah. of music. And then I, we played it in the house and it was in all of our heads for like three days. The kids were like, architects me coming. They were singing that like really cool like the c-section in it yeah. and i was just thinking i'm like there's got to be space for more kinds of music on mainstream you know what i mean yeah. and um and uh i mean there's obviously benefits to streaming but i feel like it's taken away some of that variety that we're all i think we're all we should be open to yeah and i i mean even part of why i want to do the pod is like there's so many great musicians out there it's like even in my own little world can i put a spotlight on these fantastic mm. artists you know because you know people need to hear hear these stories well, bless Spe- you. Uh, sp- <laughs> thank you uh speaking of covers though you you decided to do uh odalali on yeah. on uh, on the album which i thought was really cool what what made you choose that cover to finish the album with um well i felt like nostalgically it fit in with the kind of songwriting about family and, yeah. uh, you know, the, yeah, there's like a nostalgic, nostalgic feel to the record. It's my, one of my partner's favorite songs and he loves that Robin Hood soundtrack. Like that yeah. Roger Miller soundtrack is so good. Right. Um, just the Robin Hood, uh, movie, Disney movie. So it was a bit of a nod to him. I was a bit of a surprise to him too, cause he <laughs> loves that song so much. So it was a bit of a gift for him. Yeah. Are you hearing me, Colin? <laughs> Just so you know. <laughs> Just so you know. No, I felt uh, it felt like a good a good uh, cover for that record. Awesome. Yeah. Well, one of my other favorite songs on this album is "Night Drive," uh, which you're going to perform for us uh, uh, shortly. Um, there's a line on that song that really stuck with me, and hopefully, I don't mess this up. But it had um, it was about filling up the silence. Yeah. Uh, always trying to talk my way through it and filling up the silence, and that really really resonated with me. like oh shit she's talking about me <laughs> because that i i'm guilty of doing that and i think a lot of us are especially with like you know i have my phone right here and i can i can distract myself or i can go off and do this and and sometimes i don't know what it is sometimes i'm sitting there and it's too silent and i'll find a way to fill it up right it, it did i know that that song has to do a lot with duality as well too Mm -hmm. as far as just feeling so big or feeling so small all at the same time um do you have trouble with that as well too as far as filling up the silence yeah i i'm glad you brought that line up i 
I definitely feel in a lot of social settings, I, I try to play this role <laughs> where I'm just like, oh God, it's very quiet. How can I fill this right now? How can I make it less uncomfortable? But yeah. I, and, and filling up the silence also has to do with like my own insecurities. You know what I mean? Like sitting with my insecurities as, as a songwriter or as an artist or uh, as a mother, uh, just as a person right. and, and sitting in silence is kind of just sitting in the discomfort of it. And I often, I often will find ways to distract myself from that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that really is the only way, right? Like, um, or, you know, you'll find people, I've been guilty of this too, of like creating small problems, mm-hmm. you know, and filling up the silence that way. So I don't have to focus on those insecurities yeah. or on the actual real work that yeah. I should be focusing on. You know what I mean? <laughs> totally. No. Uh, so we're going to we're going to uh, have you play that song for us which is going to be a treat. So everybody this is Night Drive. i 
All right. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Carolyn. That was, that was beautiful. Thank you. Um, Another thing I wanted to talk about as well is you co-produced this, this album with your friend, uh, uh, Jim Bryson. Uh, what, how did you guys get that collaboration going and how, when did that friendship really start between the two of you guys? Uh, yeah, I've known Jim a long time. So I met him at a, I knew his music like years and years ago. He had this record called where the bungalows roam and, um, I was obsessed with that record. And I met him at Camor Folk Festival. He was playing in Kathleen Edwards' band. Um, that was, I'm going to say, probably 12 years ago, okay. 13 years ago. And um, we just developed a friendship. And then he made a record uh, called Somewhere We Will Find a Place in about 2014, 2015. And I sang on that record. So he had me come out to Ottawa and I sang a bunch of the like high unisons with him. And he entrusted me in a big way. Like he put me in his rock band, (laughs) (laughs) which is like a big deal for a little folky from Whitby, Ontario. Um, But I got to play with him uh, through that record cycle locally in Ontario and um, play tambourine and play guitar and sing. And it was such a cool experience. Saw you guys on the Strombo show together. Yeah, I had just had my second child and and Strombo was holding my baby while we were playing. Um, It was, yeah, it was gorgeous. Just, he brought me on the road for that. And, um, when I was thinking about making this record, well, but right before that happened, Jim helped me set up my home studio. So he got me sorted with, the, you know, like my interface and all that stuff. And, um, and I was, as I was thinking about making this record, I was like, I love Jim's production sounds like he's his ability to capture acoustic guitars, which to me is just at the core of this record is all, all the acoustic guitars exactly. layered. Like yeah. it's like my dreams soundscape. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I knew he would be the person. And I also knew he'd be the person because I'm, I've been making records for a long time. Like I've made 10 records with good lovely. So I have a lot of experience making them, mm-hmm. but I did want to also learn like take on more of a production role. So loosely co-produced, I mean, obviously did the heavy lifting, but had a lot of input on sounds and I did a bunch of vocal editing and editing of, you know, because a lot of the record was made remotely by our friends. Like I sent, uh, Christine Bougie sent her tracks in. She's an amazing lap steel and electric guitar player. Um, Drew Jureka, like all these people sent tracks in. So we had a lot of editing to do later. And yeah. it was but it really feels like they're in the room. It does. Right. Yeah. And that, that was a great pleasure for me yeah. uh, to be able to do that. And in, in a pandemic record, you know? Yeah, no, that's amazing. Um, what, what do you enjoy the recording process? I, I know uh, earlier on you, it wasn't something that you were really big on, right? Yeah, no, I didn't like it early on. I felt really exposed and vulnerable. I was yeah. really a live show person. Yeah. Um, still am. I love the live show. Obviously, it's the payoff at the end of everything. Would you say that's your favorite part of the creation process? Uh, five years ago, yeah. But now I think recording is my favorite yeah. part. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. I think it's shifted a bit just because I feel over... I, I don't feel in those early days, I felt like I was lacking the language to explain what I wanted. Yeah. You probably relate to this. Like yeah. I was super green and and also felt really vulnerable. And anytime in those early days, somebody would ask me to do something, something differently, I could take it. I would take it personally, like, oh, I'm not good enough. Yeah. And now I don't feel that way anymore because I believe in my abilities and I know what I like. 
but I'm also open, much more open to just being like, okay, I'm going to try to sing that differently. Or a lot of that just comes with time and, and understanding that, you know, whoever's in the room with you, that they have your back, they want you to do your very best. And also just being open to different ideas is so, it's just, it makes for such a more pleasant experience. So I, I really like the recording process now and we're in pre-production for a new good lovelies record. And I'm super loving that just like dissecting songs and saying, well, what if we cut out this section or, uh, what if we tweaked this? You know, it's, it's so fun and it feels like a pot, like you're figuring out a puzzle. puzzle. Exactly. Yeah. I I always describe that to people too, is just as far as like finding those corner pieces and then finally that, that picture revealing itself as you really dig in. Yeah. Uh, Did you find your approach with collaborating with the good lovelies shifting just a tad after you just finished this whole process with, with your solo? Hmm. I I haven't thought about that specifically. I think that I'm coming into it just feeling refreshed. Like I feel, I don't feel, um, it feels really light to me. Like it's a really good feeling. It's a great place to be. Yeah. Yeah. I I think partly because I've had, just had the privilege and like truly the luxury of making a record during this time when most people were grounded. And um, yeah, it's just bringing a fun, it's allowing me to approach the the new record with just like openness. I am really excited about it. Uh, well, you guys are fantastic. <laughs> it, what what a blessing for the three of you to come into each other's lives. Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, you always, I, I know you used to uh, be in a, a group with your sister years ago, yep. <laughs> um, the Brooks sisters, um, and they talk about blood harmonies. You know, yes. I, you've heard that term, blood yes. harmonies. But that's you and your sister. Now you go and you meet these these two lovely ladies, no pun intended, <laughs> and, and um and it sounds like you're, it's blood harmonies to me. It just sounds like, like all your tones match each other beautifully. I, I mean, yeah. when you guys recorded that first Christmas song together, like, and the goosebumps are on your arms, yeah. like when, when you, when you, <laughs> when you actually go back, it, I, I mean, it must've really felt special. Automa- I think some things just feel obvious, right? Yeah. I mean, it's that thing of the sum is greater than its parts. Like yeah. I just. I do still have the goosebumps thing when I sing with them, especially when we're in a specific formation. Like we flip around sometimes yeah. in terms of who's, you know, if someone's singing lead on something, but we have this regular formation and we all have done choir work. That's where we came at. Like we, we were all singer songwriters, but we'd all sung in choirs too. So that first song that you're referencing, yeah. we came to the table and we'd all sung the different parts. Like I was, uh, the high high soprano part, Carrie sang the soprano and Sue sang the alto part. And the three of us, it was just so natural and round sounding, you know, yes. because of the way the tones of our voices work together. It almost like feel it. It's like a, it feels like one. Well, that's the, that's the meaning of harmony in mm-hmm. my opinion, where mm-hmm. if it, it can really, really just sound like one voice. Yeah. And you guys do such a, a beautiful job of no one over singing, uh, no one trying to overshadow. Mm-hmm. It's just that the, your ears, I mean, you guys are really, really listen to each other and being in a vocal group. Like I know how difficult that is to, to find that blend. Um, and you guys really do it pretty Thank effortlessly. You. Yeah. We've been exploring over the years. We've harmony obviously is what we do, but 
the hardest part of harmony singing is singing in unison. And we spend a lot of time on our unison singing. And I think that's informed so much of our singing. And um, actually on my solo record, there's one song called To the Waves where Carrie sings with me in unison. And it's just this moment where I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) I feel so good. (laughs) Um, You know, that when you drop into that unison and then go back out into this three part, it's just so satisfying. Um, And they're really like, we've, you know, that 10,000 hours thing. Like we've definitely, we've played over a thousand shows together so that when we get to a workshop at a festival and someone's singing a song, we can do the three part thing with that person. And that's like, I take it really lightly, but honestly, it's so amazing. <laughs> I request, can can I do that with, with you yes. guys? That would be amazing. <laughs> I'm putting that on my bucket list. Awesome. Uh, I, I was geeking out over your performance with Royal Wood, who was on the pod as well. And you guys did a cover of Because mm. um, from the Beatles. And it was insane. Thanks. Like m- my brother and I were sitting down listening to it in just blown away because I just know how difficult that song is and uh, and the way you guys did it together. And I mean, Royal's awesome. Yeah, Royal's awesome. Yeah, as well too. That that must have been fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was leading up to us playing in Massey Hall with him. And oh. that was such a cool experience to learn that song. We did a Springsteen cover together too. and But the Because one, that just was perfect for us to do as a quartet because yeah. four parts, right? And Acapella. Yeah. It yeah. was, it's a tough one because there's some really weird intervals in that song. And then all of a sudden you're changing, like the B section goes to, I can't remember how it modulates, but it weirdly infers a different part of the key. And it's very challenging to sing. We definitely <laughs> hit our heads on walls a bit learning that one, but yeah, it was a great experience. I know, that's the great thing when you actually hit record and what we see is just, oh, yeah, oh easy so Effortless. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> kill me. <laughs> uh, so you, you named the album everything at the same time. Um, what was there uh, a reason for it or that's just, cause I know you mentioned that, that this kind of felt like a bit of a thesis of your life yeah. at this moment. Uh, were you feeling that as just kind of the good, the bad, the ugly all sort of happening at once? Exactly. Yeah. Like there's a, it's a lyric in a song called blue is the moon mm-hmm. where you can, the, the feeling that I, I, of the record that I like in it too, is you can be in a moment that can feel at the same time, so sad, but so beautiful, you know, that, that, you know, if you like, you're thinking about your grandmother that's died and you can feel like so much joy around thinking about your grandmother and what that meant to your life. And then also feel the grief in that moment. Like that duality is so human and it's so, and if you can live and still stay above water while having those two feelings. I feel like that's one of the great gifts of being human. Um, so that's really at the root of the songs, like this feeling that time is going so quickly. I'm watching my kids grow before my very eyes. I was going to ask that. Do you feel, do you feel that in that process of like, like I could imagine, especially with your little cry jar there, like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like like sending your, your boy off to school. Yeah. It must've been a, you know, a loving day and a difficult day for you as well. You know, like, um, you know, I, my, my fiance, we're getting married in June. Oh, congrats. And, uh, we're talking a lot about yeah. having kids and, yeah. and God willing, uh, we do, but, uh, I'm freaking out, dude. I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I'm like, but, but I could imagine once you get through that process, just like how, it's crazy. How, 
crazy it is and how quickly yeah. uh, things go. Yeah. I, I mean, last night, my friend Jen Grant played Massey Hall. She opened for Blue Rodeo and I had two tickets to the show and a couple of my friends couldn't make it. So I was like, to my nine-year-old, I was like, Annie, do you want to, do you want to come with me to Massey Hall? So cool. She's like, yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I'm sitting at Massey Hall with my nine-year-old daughter and, uh, full disclosure, Blue Rodeo, we didn't stay for your set, sorry, but we went to see Jen. And then afterwards I'm sitting across the street in France, having a milkshake with her. And I was just, I have in this moment where I was like, it's my little buddy, you Uh, know, like yesterday I was just, you were my baby. And now you're this little nine-year-old with all these ideas. And, and I know I'll, I'll feel that way when she's like 20, like, what is that even going to feel like? But it just like staying present to it and being so grateful for it. And also it's like, it's a little sad, you know, it's sure. happening so fast and, and acknowledging that feeling and just being okay with it, you yeah. know? So those, all those sentiments really are living in these songs oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Can't yeah. wait to sing them in front of my kids on Friday. It's going to suck. Yeah. Where's uh, where's your first couple shows? So I'm playing in Kingston tomorrow. Okay. And then on Friday I'm in Toronto at the Paradise Theater. It's this big hometown show. And, uh, and then on Stratford, Owen Sound. I've got some shows in June in Ottawa and Toronto as well. well no, so. no love for Hamilton? You're not coming I know. Our way? Actually, Good Lovelies are coming to Hamilton in May. So we'll oh, see are you, you there. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Do you know where you guys are performing? Do you we, remember? Yes, we are at Bridgeworks. Oh, beautiful venue. So great. Beautiful. Oh, you've yeah. been there? Okay. Yeah, we did, a, we did a virtual Christmas concerts there okay. in 2021. 2020. Yeah. I'm going to try to make it out to that show. That would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. And, you know, going back to your, uh, your kids for a second here. Um, I know that you grew up in a musical family, Mm -hmm. you know, your, your, your dad was a accomplished songwriter and performer. Um, uh, your mother was a musician as well. My mom sings. Yeah. And sings. So it was all around you. Uh, do you see uh, a lot of similarities to how your kids are growing up to how you were growing up? Yeah. Yes. And no. Yeah. I mean, I like gently, I don't want to force my kids to love music. They do love music. It's happening yeah. naturally. Like my daughter's very inquisitive when I'm writing. She's just trying to be like, how, how do you do that? And then she'll play with lyrics and she'll give them to me and I'll write like a little song with them. And I sort of, I think her mind is open. She's very, she's very, uh, science, science focused right now, but I think nice. she's starting to see that the formulas in music. And I think that excites her. Um, my son is innately musical. Um, but it's that thing where I don't want to push them too hard and, and scare them away from it, but they're definitely musical people. And my partner is like a big science nerd. So I think we do a pretty good job of, you know, nature facts (laughs) (laughs) and music. Um, I'm, at least I'm trying. So yeah, it's, uh, it, it's a little different. I think for me that having the kids understand what my job is, cause it's kind of hard for them to get it. It's like their dad goes to work and does this thing every day, but they see me like writing music at home and then I'm gone for a couple of weeks. Yeah. So I just, it's really important to me that they come to shows and they see what that means and that they're part of the process so they can, you know, I think there is a bit of, um, at least in Ontario in the, education system. I'm not sure that music is valued in the same way. There's a lot of push for STEM and that's amazing, but I really am um, hopeful that it becomes like more focused on steam where we're adding the arts component into it. It's really important to me that 
that becomes um, more present across the board in uh, across the entire curriculum because music is such a part of our it's part of who we are as humans. Like we've been communicating through music since the beginning. Right. And so for us not to acknowledge that or not to value it is really quite a shame. Yeah. And I, I think too, especially in this time and time of age, like um, with a lot of anxieties, with a lot mm. of, I mean, there's a lot of pressures out in the world. I mean, it's harder to grow up in this world yeah. more than, than ever. And uh, how therapeutic uh, the arts can be for you. Have it be painting or dancing mm-hmm. or music. Um, the, the outlet to express yourself, I think is incredibly important. Yeah. It's critical. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. And, you know, just to go back to, uh, uh, the creation process of this album as well is you wrote some of the, your songs in a 1970s trailer too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This, uh, I mean, the cover of the record is, shot there. A lot of the visuals from the album are, um, were, were taken at this, have this land that we take care of up North near Huntsville. And yeah, that song night drive was written. I basically started writing it on my way, driving there alone. And so uh, there's a lot of feelings around the record garden song is informed by that space too. And, um, yeah, <laughs> my grandparents and my parents stoned this trailer together and it's now on that property and I spend a chunk of the summer there. No power, no running water. It's pretty rough, but I love it so, so much. You just went by yourself with your guitar? That day, yeah. Okay. I mean, often we're all there together, as, like my kids and my partner and our dog. My yeah. dog is also a big part of this record. Uh, I'm <laughs> I love, such a dog guy. I love him so much. He's <laughs> my life partner. He's a total mutt. I got him. Uh, yeah. Got it. He's a, he's a rescue, but he's actually all my merch has his face on it. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. He's actually in the back of the record too. So his picture's there. He's, he's part of it. So What's yeah, his name? Jim. Jim. Yeah, oh, Jim Bryson gets annoyed because he's say. like, which Jim are you talking about? I'm like, my life partner, Jim. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so cute. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I know that you probably have a very busy day ahead of you because you're, you're ready for your tour tomorrow. Uh, but, I would love for you to sing another song if that's okay. cool. Sure. Whatever you want. Okay. This one's yours. This is called Bird Song. It's not for sliding well past on. The kids are downstairs with the TV on. I sit up in bed to carry on. Better hear the bird song. April's gray, the softest light. I see through the sleep I couldn't find last night. Look how beautiful it is outside, but I'm stuck on the inside. Give me a Which I 
So good, Thank man. you. Oh, you're <laughs> such a talented singer-songwriter. Uh, I just want to thank you so much for hopping on the pod and, and giving us some of your time here and just wishing you the best of luck on on this tour with uh, your solo stuff and obviously the good lovelies. Thank you so much. All right. Appreciate you. <laughs> and everybody for uh, listening, thank you so much for tuning in and uh, we will see you next week. Cheers, guys. Cheers.